Welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. And of course, regular listeners will know every Friday we finish out the week with a review of the stories that got us talking. Maybe not the mainline news stories, the more quirky ones. Great pleasure to welcome to my final furlong panel, Barbara Scully, a journalist, broadcaster, and as affectionate listeners of The Hard Shoulder like to call her that mad cashwoman, Richie Oakley, uh, editor of the Ireland edition of The Times. And you have a new subscription offer from 21 yo-yos a month down to five? Yeah, first month free and then five euros a month after that. Very aggressive uh, pricing structure. Okay, when does it come in? It's in already. Okay, and 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 it's a new subscription if you want to do it. And of course, uh, Richie is one of the country's leading metrosexual men, and he cycles <laughs> to and from work. Barry Devlin, uh, it is a great pleasure to welcome back. We spoke to him recently about the poverty of people who have make a living out of the arts, but you're not entirely poverty stricken yourself because the horse clips are playing in New York this month. We certainly are, and in the spirit of shameless plugging initiated by Richie. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going to give you the dates and the relevant Aer Lingus flights. <laughs> <laughs> where is it? It's, where is it on in New York? It's on in the, the Arts, Irish Arts Centre in New right. York. And it's 20, 24th and uh, yeah, four nights of the week. You'll be, you'll be it, wrecked after that. stuff. It's great fun. It's, it's, it's kind of a nice married man's piece. It's actually the lament uh, Queen of Art O'Leary. It's a Paul Muldoon translation okay. of that long poem. And if, you, if you've relatives uh, in New York, makes an ideal gift uh, for a season. Unwanted Christmas okay. present. Exactly. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Yeah, here's something for you to give out about. So you're saying to yourself, oh, Ivan, you've mangled it again. What does Phil Linnet Linnet and Luke Kelly have in common? Uh, Linus, sorry. There you go. Uh, Both are from Dublin, of course, but they both have had statues erected in their memory. And Barbara... You you were you were giving out on Twitter. I reacted uh, on Twitter. Uh, yes, when I saw that. First of all, I was I am and always will be till the day I die an enormous fan of Phil Linus, and I love his statue. Um, on, and as on you Harry as Street. you come off Grafton Street and go towards Street. the Westbury, it's, it's there. there, and yeah. it captures the essence of the of the man. It captures. It captures very much what. what Whereas I there was two erected this week because it's thirty five years since Luke Kelly passed. Yes. At a tragic young age, what was your problem? <laughs> my, 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 I didn't have a problem with it. And I, sorry, I sorry hold on a second. Okay, this yeah. is what you wrote. Okay. Our ability to honour our best with really shockingly awful statues continues. This would frighten the shite out of me if I came upon it. And so you weren't giving out about it. Okay, right. Yeah, my first reaction was... What I meant was... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm conscious that this is some... A woman in this case is work that she probably spent an awful lot of time on and, and everything else. And perhaps I'm a Philistine and I haven't seen it in real life. But my reaction to it and across Twitter from where I sat most of the reaction to it was was kind of horror um, I think there's a few problems with it the fact that it's just a head like not a not a bust not a shoulders or anything else just literally a head and it is seemingly very big um, and the other thing that's the first thing you notice about it from the photos anyway is the hair Luke Kelly was ginger 
had red hair. Um, and the amount of people who said that that statue looks like a kind of slightly weird version of Lionel Richie, um, who clearly isn't a ginger, um, was, and a lot of people then said, okay. for those old enough to remember the, the video that went with Lionel Richie's song, Hello, that maybe, maybe so, it was the sculpture Richie, the Richie, blind is girl this, was working on. Is this on. the desecration of Dublin <laughs> and is unacceptable? I, I, I like the two, two Luke Kelly ones. Um, th- th- we, you like we, both you of like them? them? We, I, 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 yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen the, 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 the one of just the head or, or just kind of the hair. Yes. Yeah, that's I'm looking forward said, well, to, to, to so seeing that. that. No, we, we, we have we, we, we do some very bad ones. There's um there's the one of Sonia Sullivan in Cove that's that awful. looks like as if she's just after finishing a race through the desert of forty days being chased by a pack of dogs. There's 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 ones in Limerick. I can I do a run through Limerick City sometimes when I'm down yeah. home. You pass the Treaty Stone and then you pass Anthony Foley and the Anthony Foley one is okay, but then you get to the, the, the Terry <laughs> Wogan one, which looks like uh, 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 Nick Cave made from melted chocolate. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. work. Who's Nick Cave? <laughs> What's melted chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cave well, in melted guy, chocolate is a whole other story. The yeah. most famous terrible statue is bust is the one of, of Ronaldo. And the guy who did that, he said, look, you know, not even Jesus could please everyone. So these guys have a hard, it's yeah. not the easiest. That guy was, was self-taught. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's obviously not the easiest to make a like. You know, so, so, the, so the point here, Barry, wax, I think is the, the best point. Material. The point here, Barry, is that <laughs> unlike portraits, which can be, you know, capture the personality and look like a photograph, it seems these people putting these statues up aren't very good at getting the likeness of these people. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, I, I'm, I was desperately hoping it might be postmodern or ironic or someone like that. So right. you could kind of go, well, it's kind of a Jeff Coons take on, on Luke. Yes. Uh, but it's just alarming. You know, I mean, it's. <laughs> it's right. you Barbara. Yeah. I, I kind of do. One of the things that, one of the things I kind of object to is, is, is that Luke actually had a very noble face. Yeah. And this is kind of coarse. Um, it doesn't capture. I mean, he, did you know Luke? No. I did. did you? I once had the extraordinary uh, luck to be in in a in a flat, Lane Killinan's flat in in Baggett, off Baggett Street, to, with to, to hear Luke sing Raglan Road, wow. uh, and he, you know, he was an ex- he had was an extraordinary personality, he had a, and he had, but he had this very compelling and actually fine featured face, and this is the is a big broad face with the wrong color of hair, yeah. so it doesn't capture any of doesn't. the nobility. That that and the just, guy just had. That would be my problem. Was there something haunting about his voice? Oh, yeah, he had an extraordinary voice. I mean, a lot of people get you know get get praised for the voices, but Luke's you know it really really was extraordinary. And in, and in a in a sort of one on one like that, it was just remarkable. And doesn't thing. it make Graham Norton very clever? Because apparently, where he's from, Bandon, I think, in Cork, mm. offered to do him a statue, and he politely declined. And in the end, they named a, a boardwalk or a walkway mm. after him. And he has a beautiful portrait in the the National Portrait yeah. Gallery here, oh, yeah, yeah. which absolutely captures him. So, so it's his I cake think, and eat it. Ivan, yeah. when the day comes, I right. think maybe well, you know, decline the statue. Lane and Wexford. Lane. All right, let's just move on. Lots of titter and mirth here. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, I want to ask you, are you a night owl or are you an early bird? Researchers have found that being genetically programmed to get up very early in the morning may lead to greater well-being, a lower risk of uh, mental illness, depression and so on. The study, which was led by academics in the University of Exeter and Massachusetts General Hospital, sheds light on the body clock and the links to mental health and disease. They found apparently that the retina of the eye plays a role in helping the body 
keep to time? And it was a quarter of a million people took part in the research. So, first of all, Bert, are you a night owl or an early bird? I'm genetically programmed to be an early, really early riser, but I fought a lonely fight against it and a successful fight against it for many, many years. So I tend to get up rather late. Right. I mean, like eight o'clock or something like and, that. And, and, and would, you, would you think it's more healthy in any particular direction? I think if you lie on all day or, you know, for a long time, uh, you, particularly if you, lie, if you lie awake in bed, you have a tendency to let stuff get in on top of you. Uh, you're much better getting up, uh, I think, yeah. and getting on with whatever it is you like to do. Um, so, but I think you've actually put your finger on something, which is because I did the very early morning shift for News Talk yeah. Breakfast, originally setting the alarm for a four o'clock, uh, and now I would rarely get to sleep before half one at night after the TV show. And, and I would say the whole thing is if you get a good night's sleep, of six hours, that's good. But if you have a couple of nights, for one reason or another, either getting up early that you can't get to sleep or something like that, and you, it's it's a killer. Patterns, I think, are the big are the big thing. I mean, if you talk to air hostesses or people who you know people whose sleep pattern isn't stabilized, I think stabilize your sleep. Yeah, 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 shift workers. Uh, if you can stabilize your sleep, and if you get enough, you, you can't really make up for for if the the big thing for me is some people can work on four hours sleep, six hours sleep. If you if if for no through no fault of your own, you need seven or eight. If you don't get those. You'll be not very good. So, Richie, what time do you put the, the, the paper to bed at? Your finishing touches? About half ten, quarter to eleven. Okay. Yeah, you're just keeping an eye on it at that stage. So, it's, so you're done? Yeah, there's a lot of sit staring. you probably have most of it there at half six, you know what mm, I mean? Half eight. You're, you're on the gin and tonic. There's kind of a gap from half eight I can go, I can leg at home and then turn it back, turn ah, the computer back at home and check back in and head, check headlines and stuff. Right. You're, yeah. well, you're very trendy. But you're going, from, you're going from one set of screens to another set of screens and then... What I find is when you finish, it's it's that you like you're finished at eleven. You're kind of still kind of psyched from so, the day. So you, you've got the perfect thing. You you turn out the light at what time? Mm, you sleep by one, right? And then, oh, up quite at, late, and yeah. then up at eight. Right. Listen to Morning right. Ireland and switch yes. back and forth yes. between of Morning course. Ireland and News Talk, of course. Yes, yes. So for the guys who are planning on nicking the car, <laughs> back and forth, I, I can have to listen to News Talk. <laughs> <laughs> but do you find after the TV show you'd be... You'd uh, no, I just can't get to sleep immediately. Yeah. I try and read a book. In fact, yeah. what, I'd, what I'd do is I, I would try and read a chapter a night and I read all of Frank McDonald's uh, book and I'm two-thirds of the way through Alice Leahy's thing. See, oh, yes. I get, when they come in and do interviews, they give me a freebie. Yes, and yes, so yes, therefore it saves me. You know, I don't you'd be much. searching your name you know, on Twitter as well to see what people I mean, are saying about you. you know. <laughs> exactly. No, 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 no. It's actually to get an insight into their lives because they're, they're not dissimilar in age to me. So, uh, Barbara, Barbara, <laughs> yes. are you a night owl? Uh, yeah, total night owl and always have been a total night owl. I would um, generally not be going to sleep until probably somewhere between half one and two o'clock in the morning. I love nighttime. I love when the house gets quiet, when everybody's either out and not going to be coming back for a long time or are gone to bed. And that feeling of the house settling and everything getting quiet. And I love that. Um, um, so, yeah, especially in the winter you time. Feel it's your time. It's my time. And it's would, you really be, would you read a book or would you be flicking across the... I'd be the... watching you and the other lads no, but sometimes I'm finished on the 12 and you're, you're up half one. Oh, well, yeah. then I have a long routine, Ivan, and you're going to love this. Yes, by the time the I yeah, do all the lights and the locks and oh, give the cats their treats, put you, the dog out for his last pee. Did I lock? 
lock that back door and you go and no, check no, it I do three it times. Once. No, no, yeah. I do it once. I then the have booster. foxes to feed. So I have to go out and feed the foxes. And by the time I do all that, and then do you know what I do? I go and have a bath. Yeah. Um, ah. And well, I have a bath usually. The then. No, no, the, not the, about the half candles 12, and all come out of that. Half The oils and everything. I'd say that. That's a whole production. The foxes are social media stars. They are social media stars. They're the influencers. What time would you send your last tweet at? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could be after one. <laughs> but I, I, having said all of that, and I am a night owl and everything else, I'm also very lucky in that I, can, I don't need a lot of. I mean, I, I, I can function well on five to six hours sleep. Uh, I can also sleep anywhere. Uh, but I was in Australia over Christmas for two weeks, and a combination of the fact that sunrise there in, at, at this time of year, well, I think all time, is half five in the morning, and my granddaughter was awake at about half six. I was generally up at about seven, and I was absolutely amazed at how much. You can get done, yeah. and suddenly go. Well, God, it's only ten o'clock, and I'm hungry yeah. for my lunch. Yeah, no, the, 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 um, so you the, do get a great run the in the key day. Key difference is uh, that the people that are listening to you or watching you have much more energy in the morning. Their mood is completely different to those in the evening. Apparently, they're cranky. Are they? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's a it's a completely different audience. Okay, we I've still to the, discuss uh, whether breakfast is the most important meal of the day and the anxiety I went through and I am not a millennial when I lost my phone this week. We'll be coming to all that. But... Uh, I don't think anybody would fi- ever think you were a millennial, would they? I know. I've, my no, final furlong panellists are unfortunately still staying with me. <laughs> but well, let's check in now on the latest news headlines. The Hard Shoulder with Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Welcome back to the final part of the final furlong. With me today, Barbara Scully, journalist and broadcaster, the editor of the Ireland edition of The Times, Richie Oakley, and playwright and member of Horselips, Barry uh, Devlin. Now, do you remember this? Can you catch an oyster? I don't want a minnow. I think you've caught an old poop. But talk about the van wrecks, that's a different matter. Here's what they all reply. They're tasty, tasty, very, very tasty. They're very tasty. How about a halibut or a jelly deal? You know your worm's off the hook. But talk about the van wrecks, that's a different matter. Here's what they all reply. Ah, bring you back to the 80s. Uh, Of course, that classic advert. Well, there is nothing more nutritious than brown flakes. Uh, It keeps you in good movement and good order. The reason we're playing that is that researchers have found, despite years and decades of telling us breakfast is the most important meal of the day, that it sets you up, it's though even for slimmers, it's the one meal you can't avoid uh, to get yourself sorted. It's all poppycock. Uh, people who eat a good breakfast, as opposed to people who just have a cup of coffee or tea and run out the door, are heavier and consume more total calories in the day. Uh, I have always believed this. Uh, I have always said it, that if I have a good breakfast or have no breakfast, I'm just as hungry at 7pm for my main meal in the evening. I never eat breakfast. I live on tea in the morning, followed by coffee, don't eat lunch, and have a proper, proper, full, uh, booze, boozy uh, meal in the evening. So, uh, I, I, and jockeys, you know what I mean, they never eat breakfast. What's your take on this, Barry? 
I have a I have a, an extraordinarily slim and elegant and full of vitality in life. This we Itali- know. Italian, bro- not me, an, oh, Itali- an Italian brother-in-law who doesn't like all Italians doesn't eat breakfast at all. It's an espresso, and then he goes on, you know, and he he's very fit, he's very healthy, and uh, the Italians tend not to not really to eat breakfast. They have a coffee and they get on with lunch and and the rest of the day. So it always it never it, I could never figure out how having a big breakfast made you slimmer. I I just thought well you know, the idea being it makes you less hungry later in the day. But uh, no, there's people who really feel they have a sense of obligation. They must get their porridge oats. They must get their muesli into them. Their yogurt. In the more and they really feel even if they're on a crash diet this is essential all the dietitian says this says but it seems it's nonsense yeah well it was certainly the accepted wisdom for the longest time and uh, I kind of felt I was breaching the accepted wisdom by not not having yeah. much of a breakfast I don't have much of a breakfast you're I, not I, a I, breakfast person not really no all right uh, Richie, you must be shattered with this news what because you that? have a perfectly formed yogurt. You have uh, oh, the most ardent health yeah, food yeah. in the morning. Uh, well, first of all, I, I just love these um, scientists who who are dedicating their 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 research grants and their their all their education to dis- debunking things that your mother used to tell you. Yeah. I mean, I, I look forward to the next research into whether or not you do actually get your catch your death of cold if you go out with wet hair. You know, um, <laughs> who who <laughs> who'd have thought not e- not eating food in the morning helps you lose wait um, yeah no I'm going to discuss you now I get up in the morning Ivan I go for a run along the Royal Canal uh, and I watch herons and otters which is amazing in, in oh, urban Dublin otters in the you, Royal you, Canal you, as you told us you go you take in Limerick and no. come, <laughs> I come home I come home I come home I have porridge and there's no work to be done I have then. porridge with fruit I have toast and then I put on my sandals and I cycle into work oh, <laughs> without, without a helmet without a <laughs> right yeah, and, I, and that gives me the sense of moral superiority I need to get through the rest of the day. <laughs> well, any comment from me is superfluous after that. Uh, other than to say, the figures, the scores on the boards are, and this was done over 28 years of research, 260 calories more you are consuming than if you skip breakfast and you would be 0.44 of a kilogram lighter. Mm. You don't believe it? Well, you fade away anyway. No, but you are the model of health. <laughs> but I mean, if you don't but eat you're breakfast, you're burning a lot of uh, calories. Yeah, yeah this well, is the whole thing. It. There's no secret to this. Like it's, it's yeah. like you know, what diet are you on? There's a really good diet. It's called the "Don't put it in your mouth" diet. And get up off your arse diet. Right. Yeah. That's right. how you lose weight. Don't yeah. eat as much food and, and do and some activity. Would you function in terms of, say, you skip breakfast? Would you find that you get headaches and you couldn't concentrate? Like, do you believe in the blood sugar level? No, but I get to about 12, then I'd, I'd, need, I'd need lunch. I might, I might sneak a muffin in there and a coffee. A muffin? Mm. Not a full not fat uh, chocolate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. White chocolate raspberry. Oh, but more importantly, You're a how, devil. Would, how would you feel if you didn't go from Limerick? <laughs> how would you feel if you didn't go for your run? Oh, like, bad, how yeah, important is that to you? It's very important. Yeah. And more important than breakfast. The same? Yeah. Okay. Within At least five times enough. a week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right, you have a lot of time on your hands. Barbara. Yeah, I, clearly, I don't go for a run in the morning, um, and I do <coughs> eat my breakfast. Um, I don't particularly... I, I don't know. Some days, yeah, I probably wouldn't be that bothered about breakfast, but I generally, I generally do eat breakfast. But, you know, like what Richie said, I'm fed up of all the advice that's, you know, especially around nutrition that gets, you know, you're told one thing and I'm old enough to remember when butter was bad and now butter was good and this fat is bad and that fat is good and sugar's the devil and I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really pay a huge amount of attention but, but, to any of it. But, 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 but do you have a strict approach to breakfast? I must get my breakfast. No, no, no. 
no, not really coffee yet. I mean, if I was doing something early in the morning where I didn't have time for breakfast, that would be fine. But I would need to have coffee, um, which is probably just in my head. I probably would be fine without coffee if I had water. Um, but uh, oh, like on paper, I should be really skinny. I gave up alcohol two years ago. I became a vegetarian in the summer, both of which should mean that I'm kind of, you know, um, I certainly am surprised. Weight and no, lost because pound, I, I found, so. I found... I was off alcohol for a year and I would say that I definitely lost weight and after I went back on alcohol I ate the same amount of food yeah. and I put on a bit of stone. Alcohol does affect it. So well, I, I'm I shocked. didn't lose any weight. I was a terrible red wine drinker and um, I honestly have lost no weight having given up red wine completely. Right. So there you go. Do you God think you obviously do, maybe, wants no, me to no, be the no, way but do you I think am, maybe you've, you've, you've sort of indulged in cof- comfort things? No, like I didn't a few really. Or something. I genuinely didn't. No, I genuinely didn't. No. So there All you right. go. My, my final furlong panel today is Barbara Scully, Richie Oakley and Barry Devlin. I have to tell you, I went out of here Wednesday night and I got to Pierce Station and I realised I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my phone for 24 hours nearly and it drove me mental. Has this ever happened to you, Barry? Well, I, I, I wasn't a phone fetishist until very recently. I, <laughs> the last time I was in here with you, I had a Nokia. You know, the one with the big rubber buttons on it. And I've only recently got uh, an, an iPhone. So I'm probably not the best person to ask. Well, you never this. recorded that Luke Kelly clip. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. Well, I, I was able to, for the first time, I was able to get on, you know, see Barbara's thing and, and there it was in, in you know, in, in technicolor. I haven't had a phone, I haven't had that kind of phone long enough yeah, to be no, obsessive no, or anxious no, about it. To be honest with you, I don't respond to emails straight away. I can be quite picky and choosy about WhatsApps, whether I kind of ignore them or not, and so on. And I, I'm not one of these people who, on the dart going home, spends their whole mm. life looking into the phone. But I do check various things. I was just amazed how much I missed it. It's really hard now. I, like Even trying to read a book now, and, and your phone is beside you, and you're just glancing at it. You know when there's a little blue light to show you, <laughs> you have a new e- email or whatever? Yeah. If you switch off a lot of the no- notifications, like there's no need to get notifications for like Twitter yeah. or WhatsApp yeah. or, and, and these, like, okay, email maybe if you need it for work. But if you switch those off or if you delete all these really tempting apps off, off your phone and make it into a tiny bit of a dumb phone. That's kind of the way to go. But the average person apparently now t- t- checks their phone 28 times a day, 10,000 times a year, and it adds up to like, I think it's a, an hour a day, which is, you know... An hour a day. Yeah. <sighs> well, 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 you see, the, 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 the point is... We live in an instant society and maybe we're all better informed. There's a brilliant, like it's not all bad. Yeah, there's a brilliant cartoon, I think it's a New Yorker cartoon of a couple out for dinner and the, the guy's looking at her and saying, is everything okay? You haven't touched your phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that kind of sums it up. The world but, is at peace. I mean, you sometimes you're in a pub with your friends. I, I have a friend now and he, he takes the phones off us and he puts them upside down on the table. But you often see another table of three to four people and they're all on their phone and no one is talking. talking. Like, like, yeah. Have you ever lost your phone? A few times, yeah. I've left it, it has yeah. all your personal information. Yeah, yeah so it's a nightmare. It's and a nightmare. I, I never encrypt my phone. You know that thing you know, where you see everyone putting the four numbers first and they do it really oh, quick. I they do slide. That. I, I never do that. Oh, do oh, that. I, no, it's that just, I forget the numbers and I, you know, it takes me forever. Forget. But the other thing is it has to be affecting uh, concentration levels. Your, your People's ability to really focus on a book or on, on a film. Uh, you know, most people now watch, you know, sport or watch whatever while on their phones. The other thing I wonder, Barbara, is, you know the print 
is so small That's on your average say. phone. Yeah. Are we all going to have reading sight problems uh, down the road? Yeah, I, I, that's one of the things that I, I think absolutely, definitely it will interfere with our eyesight is watching so much stuff on such tiny screens, not just the reading of, of text, but the actual watching of videos and stuff like that. There's a yoke now that arrived in on my iPhone earlier this year, um, which I wasn't very handy about. And I'm actually afraid to read out the statistics, but um, I will. Go for it. Um, called Screen Time, which actually tells you how oh, long yeah. you're spending on your phone. And I hate to have to admit it. And I, I kind of wonder, my kids use my phone sometimes as well. <clears throat> um, oh. On average, last week, I spent four hours per day on, on my phone. phone. Right. Uh, 19 <clears throat> hours on social media. I'm Barbara. I have a problem. Problem. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Something um, A, something however, anonymous there is, here. You know, yeah. I think it's very easy to Digital just be... Digital anonymous. I think it's very easy just to be totally kind of, we shouldn't be on our phone. But the, like when you consider all Amazing of the various do, things yeah. you're doing on your phone, okay, I spent too much time on social media, for sure, definitely. But I also spent a lot of time reading newspapers or articles or whatever on the phone. I used the well, calculator, I, I, the I, weather app. Can I ask app. you about social media insofar as this goes? Because we had an employment solicitor in yesterday and I said, because I happen to be on LinkedIn and he put about 12 messages before, during and after on this and, you know, he's a busy solicitor and I said to him, you know, in, why are you doing that? And he said, you know something? The days of a solicitor having a brass plate mm. outside and doing any advertising today Unless you're sending out these messages, it is the best way commercially to promote your business. And we started this whole discussion by your online subscription and so on. Yeah. I mean, like, the fact of the matter is, are you tweeting for commercial reasons or is it just event? Both. Both. I mean, I I reinvented myself about eight years ago now after 10 years of being at home. Decided I'd, I'd always written, decided I wanted to write and get paid for it. And Twitter was how I made contacts with people, how I started writing blog posts and, and putting them out there. And it was very helpful. And there's an awful lot of women I know, women in particular, who have, you know, set up small businesses, um, developed their own uh, business. And they have Twitter is a perfect place to market it without any gatekeepers, without any cost involved, etc., etc. Twitter has been hugely empowering for women. It has given women a voice. I mean, when you look at all of the movements like the Me Too movement, the everyday sexism, it has changed things. So I think we need to be careful. I mean, Ryan Tuberty drives me nuts. Every time he says social media, he kind of growls and snarls about it. There are a lot of yeah, positives as well as the negatives. <laughs> um, and I think we just need to be careful. It can be so frustrating, though. I'm one of these people that I, like, I won't go to sleep if, 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 someone's, if someone is wrong on the internet and I, I used to respond like to literally everyone who used to who used to complain but now I've actually started blocking a, a few people who are just absolutely impossible like anyone who compares you like I've been compared to Goebbels this week and the minute I saw yeah. that blocking no, that person yeah. okay. and I don't like blocking people because like obviously freedom of speech okay. but if they want they can write a letter I, it seems you and I are the only adults in the room it would seem it would seem that yeah <laughs> okay. by default you know okay uh, we are out of time. My sincere thanks to Barbara Scully, who can't wait for the match, and Leopardstown. <laughs> Richie Oakley, who takes in a round trip to uh, walking, running and cycling to Limerick day in, day out, after which he consumes huge quantities Chasing of healthy foods. And Barry Devlin, who oh couldn't boy. be arsed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for being my final furlong panel on The Hard Shoulder. And that's your lot from the programme for this week. My thanks to the production team, Mark Simpson, Dan Flanagan, Kira Courtney, Elaine Power, Rona Dowley and Steve Daunt. Off the Ball is up next. I will be back on Monday at 4pm for your very first Drive Time programme. Have a great weekend. Go on, Ireland. Hope I back fast horses. Enjoy it and thanks for listening.